Hey, you're checking out the Junior High Ministry Podcast from Mariners Junior High. I'm so excited about the series that we have uh, been doing the last couple of weeks called Through the Darkness. Uh, We've gotten a lot of great feedback from students, a lot of great feedback from parents, and uh, you're going to be listening to week two of that series um, as we talk about how do we have conversations with our friends? How do we, you know, how does that whole thing work when things are happening at school? Um, And how do we, you know, have, you know, get help when we need it um, from parents or leaders or whoever in our lives that we can go to? Uh, I also want to let you know about something that's happening on the 14th of this month. Uh, It's going to be at the Mariners Student Center. It is a night for parents. All the life groups are going to be meeting um, at Irvine that week so that parents can be part of this great uh, parenting night. We're going to be talking about depression. We're going to be talking about anxiety. Um, We're going to be talking about how to help our students through what is a very chaotic, sometimes difficult time in their lives. Uh, Dr. Buddy Mendez is going to be there. Kyle and Holiday Zimmerman are going to be there. This is a night you're not going to want to miss. So it's from 7 to 8.30, the 14th at the Irvine Student Center. Um, And if you have questions, reach out to me um, or anyone else in the student ministry team, and they can tell you all about it. So I hope you enjoy week two of our series, Through the Darkness. Here we go. I want to give you some thoughts, some ideas that I have as we wrap up this Through the Darkness series. Because here's the deal. Um, I believe that every single one of you um, has a, a far greater opportunity than I do in this way specifically. You see more junior high kids every day than I see like in an entire week. I mean, you at all the different schools that you travel in, all the different classes you travel in, you see and talk to people that I have never met before. And, and, you, and you know, you should bring them to junior high sometime, but this, that's, it's not about you bringing them to junior high. Like, you're living life with them on sports teams, in the hallways, in classes. Like, you see what's going on at your schools. And you have an ability to make an impact in, in maybe ways that you don't even think is possible. But I want to show you that it is. And I just have a few thoughts on that. I want to just kind of start off with this question, okay? Very simple question. Uh, have you ever um, broken a bone before or been injured um, badly, a bad injury, okay? Anyone ever break a bone before? Okay, anyone ever been like in the hospital? They get injured, they're in the hospital for like a day or a night or something, okay. So when I, I worked at a camp one time and I was, skate, I was skateboarding, I'm not a good skateboarder, and I was trying to impress a bunch of people and, and I, I basically just was dropping into the half pipe, I've never skateboarded in my life, and, and snapped my ankle and man, did it hurt. Uh, everyone, you know, some people were laughing at me. So they were junior. I was at a camp, camp counselor for a bunch of junior hires. Not really nice junior hires like you. Very mean, very, you know, you know, wrong junior hires. And they were pointing and laughing at me, making me feel bad. And it really, really hurt. My ankle was just absolutely killing me. And uh, some of the leaders grabbed me, and they put me in a car, and they drove me to the local emergency care. And I had this doctor who had, like, this crazy, like, mad scientist mustache. It was, like, the weirdest mustache I've ever seen. And he took care of me, put my, like, you know, ankle in a brace. And one of my other buddies drove me to the airport I had to go home. I couldn't work at camp anymore. And my buddy Tony picked me up at the airport. This is why I share that story, okay? You know, when, it, when I think back to that moment, I don't think about the pain. I mean, I remember it hurt, you know, I, I, but I, I can't remember the pain as much as I can remember the people who were there that helped me through the pain. I want you to write this down. It's going to be on the screen. I don't remember the pain as much as I do the people that helped me. You know, when I look back at the moments, maybe some of the most painful moments in my life, and I can look back as a 33-year-old pastor at a, at a lot of painful memories, painful moments, struggles in my life. And while I can look back and say, man, those were painful. Those were hard. Those were difficult. 
I remember all the people that were there helping me throughout that entire journey. They are very memorable to me because they helped me when I needed it. You know, here's the thing. I know that God wants us to navigate life together. It's going to be in the screen. I want you to write this down, okay? I know that God wants us to navigate life with others, with other people. So as we're going through the things that we're dealing with, the things we're struggling with, it's not meant to be done by ourselves. We're not meant to just figure it out. Listen, I, if I give you a list of the things that, and, and I've gotten really good at this over the years, and I'm not great at it. I still have a lot of areas to learn. But if I gave, I'm a lot better at not just figuring stuff out on my own anymore. I'm really good at going to my wife to get you know, some of her advice, going to other pastors to get their advice, going to friends of mine in my life group to get you know, advice from them, people that are you know, my age or maybe even older than me who have more experience than me. And if I gave you a list of the things that I try to figure out on my own, I mean, my wife would say when I figure out my clothing outfit on my own, like I've made huge mistakes. Like, like if I give you a list of the things I've, fi- I've tried to figure out by myself, it would be a list of mistakes that I've made because sometimes I just mess it up because I, I think that I can fix it when I really can't. I think I can handle it when I really can't. And I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Because sometimes we try and navigate things by ourselves and we're not meant to. God intends us to navigate them together. God designed us to care for one another. God designed us to care for one another. You know, what does that look like for you to care for someone else? Maybe it's just making time for people. You know, I remember when I was in junior high and high school, I'd walk through the hallways. And I remember my youth pastor, his name was Dan. He was awesome. And he used to impress upon me the importance of, of making sure I was walking through the hallways with my eyes open, not with my eyes closed. Now, you might think, like, of course you wouldn't walk through the hallways with your eyes closed. You walk into a locker. You walk into a cute girl and, like, embarrass yourself. It's not what he's saying at all. He's saying when you're walking through the hallways of your school, look around at what's happening to the students at your school. Don't walk through the hallway with your eyes closed, only focused on yourself, only focused on where you're going or what your little friend group around you is doing. Have your eyes open. You know, if someone is by their locker and they're crying, maybe stop for a second. Even if they're not in your friend group or they're, don't worry about that. God will sort all that out. He doesn't care about that. Maybe you see someone crying at your lo- their locker. Stop and ask how they're doing. Find out what they're crying about. Maybe you could do something to help them. You know, as you're walking through and you just, you hear through the rumor mill, which the rumor mill at schools, you know, usually kind of moves pretty fast, but you catch ear of something that's happening in in a kid's life. Maybe one of the ways that you can help care for someone is when you hear a rumor like that, you can be the one at your school to go to them and say, hey, I heard this. Are you okay? Are you doing all right? Is this even true? If it is true, is there anything, can I pray for you? It doesn't matter if people believe in Jesus or don't believe in Jesus. 99% of people in society, if you say, hey, I heard you're going through something, can I pray for you? They'll say yes to that. Even if they don't believe in Jesus, the fact that you believe in Jesus and you're willing to help them makes a difference. These are things you can do to help other people. You know, this is what I believe. We're not really meant to be fixers. Uh, It's going to be up here on the screen. We're not really meant to be fixers. We're meant to be friends with people. Um, We're not really meant to be fixers of pain and struggles. We're meant to be friends who can stand beside one another in the middle of it. You know, I, I like fixing things. I talked about that last week, okay? This week at my house, something actually did break. It was awesome. Something broke. My wife looked at me and she's like, Justin, this thing needs fixing, okay? It was one of the pipes, okay, under our sink. 
It was so awesome because I knew I was going to get to use a saw. I was so excited. And so I went to my father-in-law's house, and I borrowed this saw that cuts through metal. It was like the coolest saw ever. And I mean, it looks like it, it just looks like, I mean, I just look like Bob the Builder. I just look so cool. And so I, and I bring it back to the house, and I'm cutting this pipe, and you know, with wearing way too much stuff. I got like a hard hat on and goggles, and I got like a big like orange vest on, like, you know, traffic cones are in my, you know, you know, bathroom. My wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I gotta, you know, have the experience. And my kids were loving it, obviously. They had their little tools with them, little plastic tools. I know, all exactly. And so I'm cutting this pipe and, and getting everything fixed. And, and, and it was great, man. It was broken. It needed fixing. People aren't pipes. People aren't bathrooms. People don't need fixing. People need someone to listen. They need a friend to listen and care. They, they are not something to be fixed. There's someone to be listened to. If you think your friends or the people in your life that's struggling with something, hurting with something, are just people to be fixed, you're missing an opportunity to be a friend who just listens. Now, here's the thing that I love so much uh, about God's Word, okay? This is the thing I love so much about God's Word. It, it, it highlights a specific idea. It's going to appear on the screen. It highlights this specific idea that in times of pain and struggle, we need friends, not fixers. It highlights us so clearly. And Jesus... It, points himself, kind of positions himself as the central character of how he demonstrates this. Now, you've heard me say before that if we can know Jesus's character, the character of who Jesus is, we can predict how he'll react to different situations in your life. If we can learn and understand the character of who Jesus is when, when we study God's word, we can reflect on that when we're going through something and say, man, if this is who Jesus is, then this is who, who he'll be for me. He'll be that same person for me. And this is who Jesus is in the book of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, please open them. It's in Luke chapter 5. We're going verse by verse. So I, you can look at it in your Bible. You can see it on the screen, but we're going verse by verse. Luke is a New Testament, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke. So don't feel bad about using your table of contents. I use mine. I still literally use mine all the time. There's no shame in that at all. Uh, so open it up, Luke chapter 5. So this is after Jesus gets some of, uh, some of the disciples, and, and they're going and cruising around doing ministry and stuff, kind of just getting the whole thing started. And this is what it says in verse number 12. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with advanced case of leprosy. Okay, I'm going to explain what that is. Very intense stuff. When, a man saw when the man saw Jesus, he bowed down his face to the ground, begging him to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Okay, so let me tell you a story of leprosy, okay? Now, I have to be honest. I'm not a big fan of sick people, okay? I know it may sound terrible as a pastor and as a person, but I don't like sick people because I don't like being sick myself. I'm like a baby when I'm sick because I don't want to get sick. So I, wouldn't, I don't want to hang around sick people sometimes. And I'm a big fan of hand sanitizer. I've never met a person who I don't want to hand sanitize. And, I, and some of you students know that because I've, I've look, just looked at you and I'm like, you need some hand sanitizer, don't you? And I just put it all over you. My kid, I just drench him in it sometimes. If I feel like they're getting the sniffles, dude, I've never met an essential oil or a hand sanitizer that I don't like that can't help fix that situation. Because I'm not a big fan of sick people. You know, the Bible, they're not a big fan of sick people either, okay? You're getting sick back then, it's like a death sentence. And leprosy was like the biggest thing of all. Like they would actually, if you had leprosy, they actually put a bell around your neck. So when you're going through town, the bell would ring and people would know that you're coming so they could stay away from you. Imagine that. Like, like you, you think things are like tough, like in your, you know, your school or your, you know, neighborhood. Imagine if that was your neighborhood. It's like, oh, they're sick. Let's get a bell around their neck. Oh, they're coming. Stay away from them. And they got to walk on the other side of the street. They also can't go to the same restaurants everyone else goes to. So if you have leprosy, no In-N-Out Burger, no Chick-fil-A. Like if, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, no movie theater. 
Elders, all right, no boomers, okay, you're not going to any of those places. No church, like they weren't allowed in the temple area to worship, so there's no JHM, there's no impossible shot, okay, there's a parking lot, all right, there's some dirt over there, that's where they would hang out, okay, it was, it was very, very sad, very, very sad. And, and Jesus knew all of this, all of this. So the fact that, that Jesus would even give a moment of time to the, like the fact that Jesus was even allowing this person to get close enough to him to bow down to his feet says so much about the character of who Jesus is. Jesus does not push away people who are hurting, who, who are sick, who need help. He actually allows them to come to him. And, he's, and he, he doesn't run away. He doesn't back off. He doesn't act like he's busy. Okay, so sometimes when I see students in public, I do this thing. Ever, ever run into like a school teacher in public and it's kind of like uncomfortable? It's like, I thought you lived at the school. Like, what are you doing out here in society? Like, what do you do? And it's like, you don't know what to do. Like, oh, hey, should I call you Mrs. Whatever, should I, can, I, can I just call you by your first name? I don't know what to do. And it's really, you feel like you're getting graded. The whole thing's uncomfortable. I hated running into teachers when I was like a kid. So sometimes I run to students and I try not to like, you know, I don't want that to be a thing, okay? I don't want to be weird. Um, so I make it overly weird, okay? To, to make it like less weird, okay? Which is a, it's a science. You have to, you know, learn this over time, okay? So if I see a kid out, like, in public, I'll always, like, over the top, like, try and, like, you know, over the top, like, hide and, like, look away or, like, duck behind a bush, even if I'm with my family. Something that's so outlandish, and, you know, it's funny, okay? That's what I do, okay? You know, sometimes we do that when, when people are just looking for our attention, right? We, we'll duck, we'll hide, like, we'll, we'll move out of the way because we don't want to be caught. We don't want to be seen because if we're seen, then we're going to be asked to help. I, my, you know, my mom always used to, and there was only, it was just me and my mom in the house, okay? So, like, I didn't have a lot of options when I was a kid. But so when it was coming time to do dishes, my mom would be looking around for me to do dishes, and I'd be acting like I'm not here, but there's no one else for her to pick. So I always got saddled doing dishes. It was the worst. But you avoid, right? You avoid. You just don't want to get caught up in it. Jesus didn't worry about being caught up in it. He didn't avoid. He didn't back away. He didn't, like, try and act like he wasn't there. He, like, Jesus, who's Jesus? I think you got the right. Like, he didn't, he didn't do all that. He didn't act like, oh, I can't hear you. Like, I'm just going to keep walking. Like, we've done that. Jesus doesn't do that. When people come to him with issues, he lets them, and he listens. And this is what's so good, okay? Jesus doesn't just lean in first with fixing, all right? He, he, builds, he builds this quick moment of relationship with him. Okay, and here's the next verse. This is what it says. Verse 13. Jesus reached out and touched him. Okay, this is a huge deal. People with leprosy were not touched, okay? It was a skin disease. And like, you'd, you could catch it. You catch it. It's like game over for you. You get leprosy. You get a bell around your neck. Like, touching the sick people. It's like, you wouldn't do that at all. He reached out and touched him. He did something that no one else was willing to do in society. Physical contact was a huge thing. For people with leprosy. They wouldn't have it from anyone. I am willing. You, you know the, 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 the weight you feel lifted off your shoulders when you ask for help and someone says they're willing to offer it? Now, I mean, let's just talk practice, okay? Ever move a piano before? Anyone ever move a piano or like something heavy? Like a big dresser, like something in your room, okay? Anyone ever try to move it by themselves thinking, you know what? If Bruce Banner can do it, I can do it. Like I just got to hulk out. Like if he can do it, I can do it. You're thinking, you're getting angry. You're like, yeah, I'm getting angry. I'm getting so angry right now. I'm ready to do it. And you start living, you're like, ah, and it's, nothing's happening. Okay, all right. So I know what that's like. All right, I lived that. Okay, I lived that this morning. All right, my wife had to help me. All right, I'm weak. You know, getting help from someone to help lift something heavy, to carry the weight of it practically, completely makes sense, right? 
It's a good thing. They say, oh, I'm willing to help you. You're like, oh, thank goodness. I couldn't, I couldn't lift it on my own. But we don't get that when it comes to the emotional weight, the, the spiritual weight sometimes, the struggle, the pain, the weight that's just inside of us. We don't, we don't even conceive the idea that someone else would be willing to help carry that weight with us, to help us. That if we looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, I need help, that he'd look at us and be like, I'm willing to help you. And that weight would just be lifted off because someone would be willing to help. Listen, there's leaders in your life, there's parents in your life, there's adults in your life, that when you have those things weighing on you, there's people in your life who are saying, I'm willing to help. I'll help carry the weight of that. You don't have to carry that by yourself. You can't carry it by yourself. You've been trying to do that. It hasn't been working. I'll help you carry that. That's what Jesus did. And then the whole story goes and, and, and be healed. So then, then he went forward and he followed through on his words. He healed this person. You know, and instantly the leprosy disappeared. And Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. This is important. He said, go to the priest, let him examine you, take an offering required by the law of Moses. We're not going to get into that right now. For those who've been healed of leprosy, this will be the public testimony that you've been cleansed. This is the next verse. This is how it wraps up. But, but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Now, here's what I want you to hear, okay? It's going to be on the screen. Stories of friendship and fixing both spread, but they spread very differently. Okay, if you are a person, and you know this about yourself, that you immediately move to fixing and giving solutions, and, oh, oh that's going on, I got, a, I got a solution for that. Let me tell you how to fix it. And you are the know-it-all that has every answer for all your friends and the people at school. The word will spread that, that you have a solution. You're the fixer person. You, and here's the thing. You know that you don't want that person in your life all the time. You don't want the person who's not going to listen to you and just offer solutions. Like, the word will spread if that's who you are. But you know what? Stories of friendship, those also spread. You know, the stories of this person listening to me, they help me. Hey, if something's going on in your life, you should go to them. Hey, listen, I don't really know how to help you. But you know what? When I was going through something, you know, she, he, they were there for me. Like, you should talk to them. I don't know about them. I don't know. That, I think they go to church or something. I don't know the whole story. But there's something different about them. They're a good friend. They, they can help you. Stories of friendship travel the same way stories of fixing does, but they travel very differently. Now, I want to give you a couple thoughts on how to be that kind of a friend. Very, very simple. It's three things. It's very, very simple. And there's probably more you could add to the list, but these are the three that I put. Number one, be present. When you're talking with someone, you want them talking to you, okay? When someone's talking to you, like you want them looking at you. Imagine talking to your mom or your dad. And maybe your mom and dad does this and it just drives you bananas. You know, you're talking and they're like on their phone, like texting their, you know, Instagram or doing whatever they do. I mean, and I'm sure you've never done that, right? I'm sure you've never had a conversation ever where you were distracted. I mean, I'm sure that would never happen to you guys would never do that to someone, right? Because that feeling of you're talking and maybe you're sharing something heavy or serious, or maybe you want to share something that's heavy that's serious, but you don't want to just start off with that. Like you don't want to just start off with like the biggest things that are happening in your life. You kind of want to ease into it a little bit. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But if from the very beginning, it's like, oh, they're not even paying attention to me. They're, they're too busy. They're, you know, what, what you communicate when you're having a conversation with someone and you're on your phone is, I wish I was doing what they're doing. You're scrolling through pictures, liking things, be like, man, that's more interesting than what I'm doing right now. And that says something to the person you're talking to. So when you're talking to somebody, if you feel like something's going on, even just normal conversation etiquette, be present with them. Listen to them. Look at them in the face. Hear what they're saying. 
take a break from everything that's happening out there to be present with what's happening right here. That's number one. Number two. So up here on the screen, you're going to see this. Check in often, okay? If, if a friend says something to you, check in with them. This is so easy. This is a text message. Hey, how are things going with what you told me? Hey, how are you doing with it? Hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. How are you doing? When you see him at school, it's like, hey, how are things going? How are you doing? You know, how did that whole thing go? I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about that. Check in with them. This is really easy. All right, here's number three. This is really simple, okay? Get help. There's going to be things that maybe a friend shares with you, someone shares with you, that you are not capable of handling. You're not capable of helping work it out with them. You're not capable of offering any kind of real support. Like, and, and you need to know what that limit is. And everyone has a different limit, but you need to know what yours is. And if you're unsure, if you're like, man, I don't know if this is something I can help you, talk to your parents about it. Talk to a leader. You don't have to use names. Just say, hey, I have a friend who shared this with me, and I really want to help them, but I don't know if this is something I can help with. And there's other caring adults in your life that can help you figure out, like, hey, this is something that, yeah, sure, you can help with this. Just try this, this, and this. Or, you know what, this is something that might be a little too big for you. Something to deal with abuse or cutting or, you know, you know, hurting themselves or hurting others. Like, those are, those are big things that maybe, like, even with a really caring heart, and I know all of you have a caring heart, that maybe you're just not, you're ready to, to handle. Maybe you're not ready to do it. That's totally okay. Here's the thing. This is the bottom line for today. Talked about it earlier, but now it's going to be up here on the screen. Times of pain and struggle, we need friends, not fixers. So when you go through school this week and you're interacting with friends, you're interacting with students, and they're saying, you know, talking to you, and you try some of this stuff. And remember that we need friends, not fixers. Put that into practice. See how that maybe changes the conversation, okay? And then when you're, you know, when your parents get you in the car, maybe you go, you know, going to In-N-Out Burger. I don't know what you're doing after church today. I'm going home and I'm going to Disneyland. It's going to be awesome. And your parents get you in the car and they start grilling you like, hey, what'd you learn today? Hey, speak up. What'd you learn? I want to know. I want to make sure. You can tell them exactly what you learned. I learned that in times of pain and struggle, we need friends, not fixers. And then you're going to look back at mom and dad and what are you going to say? What did you learn today? Because if you're going to ask me, I'm going to ask you. Here's the thing before you leave. At the bottom of your notes, there's a little section there for prayer and questions. If you have something that you need prayer for, or you have a question about something that we taught today, maybe you didn't understand something or didn't make sense to you, you can write down that question and drop it in one of the boxes on the way out. Those boxes are now going to remain there at those doors. And we do like this Q&A show like every few weeks where we answer your questions about things that you wondered about in JHM. So maybe we'll answer your question. It's totally anonymous. You can leave your name off. But if you have a question, write it down, put it in the box. Uh, you know what, guys? I love you. Next week's going to be great. Life's better in JHM because you're in JHM. Have an awesome week, and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one. <laughs>